This is Dore Olalia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode 124. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7 Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all round geek. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobsher, the cash flow ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place mr hollywood himself presents the before the millions podcast and now your host deray olalaye yo what is going on btm tribe i'm glad to have you all here we're back for another episode another installment of the before the millions podcast and i'm coming to you guys live or not so live from dallas Texas. And guys, on today's show, I have an amazing episode for you guys. I'm speaking to one of the Quack Brothers. You know, this is a story of resilience. This is a story of perseverance, right? A lot of people get started in real estate. Not a whole lot of people become successful at real estate. And that's in large part because the people that they get started never see it through. They never see it through to their first deal. Uh, Sam and his brother, and I'm going to tell this story for a very long time. Sam and his brother started investing in 2014 or they became real estate investors in 2014. And for the next two, maybe three years, they were on the MLS. They were in the streets. They were door knocking. They were cold calling. They were doing all of the things that they they could possibly do to get their first deal done. Not for a month, not for two months, not for six months, not for a year. Some people I know could never last a year, right? Having that much faith, having that much intestinal fortitude. That's a term that my high school coach used to use. He always used to say there is willpower, but then there's there's another gear. There's a hidden gear. And that gear is called intestinal fortitude. And the Quack Brothers, they had that. Because I guarantee you, after a month, after two months, and you don't see results on your real estate investing journey, you're going to start to wane. So these guys took it through year after year. And I don't think it was until 2016 or 2017 that they finally got their first deal done. So guys, three years, three whole years without getting a deal done. But they stuck it through. They decided a long time ago that they were going to be real estate investors. So on today's show, I'm talking to one of the brothers. I'm talking to Sam. And we're actually talking about real estate and how to kind of jump in and, and when is a good time to jump in, what the market is telling us right now, if it's a good idea for you to jump in, if you're kind of battling with that conundrum of should I go ahead and jump into real estate or should I go ahead and pay off all, all of my debt first? This episode is for you. Now, again, this episode is from Sam's viewpoint, right? And he's um, helped a lot of investors get along their way. So he obviously knows what he's talking about. But at the same time, and I always ask, like to use this analogy with dieting, it's crazy that I followed a specific regimen and routine for years. I was of the school of thought to eat five meals a day, right? I was of the school of thought to make sure that I didn't snack between those meals. And those were short meals and that they had a certain amount of carbs, fats, and proteins that I needed. And I was an expert at the school of thought. Physically, I got the results that I wanted. 
And then years later, I adopt a whole new school of thought that's totally opposite from everything I've been taught, everything that I learned, everything that I knew to do, everything that had helped me get my results. I learned a new school of thought and I didn't shy away from it. I said, let me try this. So I did the opposite. I started intermittent fasting, right? I started eating once a day. I started doing the exact opposite of what I was doing for so many years. And yet and still, I still got great results. So what I'm saying here is that Sam is going to give you guys advice. He's going to tell you exactly what he would do and what he would tell people do to do when it comes to debt versus investing in real estate and how you should go about that process. But when it comes to this, you're going to hear so many viewpoints, right? There's the whole Dave Ramsey viewpoint versus the Robert Kiyosaki viewpoint. You know, Dave Ramsey says, hey, don't buy a house. He says, if you buy a house, put 50% down. If you buy a house, I want you to own it free and clear. And he has his set of principles and they work for him and his entire tribe. And then you have the Robert Kiyosaki camp who totally debunk everything that Dave Ramsey says. Your house is a liability. If you're going to buy a property, make sure that somebody else is paying that for you, right? Get into debt, but get into good debt, right? Dave Ramsey's like, no debt whatsoever. I don't care how good the debt is. You should not have any debt. So you have two opposite schools of thought, but both of those teachers have cultivated so many successful individuals. So anyways, Sam is going to talk about how he thinks you should go about tackling debt and when he thinks you should invest in real estate. Now, for me personally, I know that right before I got started investing in real estate, I was of the school of thought that I needed to eliminate all of my debt before I got started in real estate. And I tried to do that for years. And paying minimums on your debt or paying slightly above minimums on your debt, yes, it can get you to your goal. But at the same time, it takes years, especially with student loans. It takes years. So then I thought... What if I took all of this money, you know, $200 a month here, $500 a month here, all this money that, I, that, I, that I'm paying debt with? This is back in 2013, 2014. What if I took all of this money and I chose to just put a pause on all the debt that I'm paying and use that money to invest in myself? Use that money to, to enrich myself. Use that money to build something, something that would make a whole lot more money, a whole lot faster than if I were to just pay off student loans. And my, my thought process was that this way I can come back to these student loans and instead of paying $50 a month or $200 a month or whatever your, your rate is, instead of paying that amount, I could just come back and wipe this all out in one fail swoop. Now, again, you're going to hear Sam's point of view and it's totally opposite from mine, but I guarantee you both will work if you work it. And I think that's what the biggest takeaway from this is, is find a plan, find a strategy and stick to it. So fascinating episode. I can't wait to get into it before we do, guys. The BTM Mastermind is officially opening and it's just going to be open for five days, guys, five days. So if you're listening to this episode, when it releases, the Before the Men's Mastermind will be open next week, Monday, August 26th of 2019. We will officially open for registration. So if you're a real estate entrepreneur and you're looking to be around a group of successful real estate entrepreneurs looking to completely leave their day job, head over to beforethemans.com forward slash mastermind. Now, I've slightly changed up the process. There's no longer an interview process. The way you become a mastermind member is actually through a coaching experience. So even if you're not a good fit for my mastermind, head over to beforethemans.com forward slash mastermind. And through that coaching experience, we'll not only figure out if you're a good fit, but you'll also get coaching from me that'll help you along your journey. And if you're not yet ready for the mastermind, oh, you'll have the steps to be ready for my mastermind after our call. So again, that's over at beforethemillions.com forward slash mastermind. Okay, so now let's go ahead and talk to Sam. Let's figure out if we should go ahead and pay off all of our debt or if we should go ahead and start investing in real estate. And if we should start investing in real estate, when should we do it? Because we've been hearing the whispers. There's a market correction coming. There's a downturn coming. There's a recession coming. 
and we've been seeing the signs. So what should we do? How should we get ready? Is it time to invest? We're going to talk about all of that here on today's show. But before that, let's go ahead and get to the tip of the week. DeRay's tip of the week. Okay. So this is less of a tip and more of a resource. It's actually my resource. Well, my resource is I haven't had a resources page up on the Before the Millions website since 2017. And this past weekend, I decided to make it a project. So as a member of the Before the Millions tribe, and yes, you do qualify as a member. If you're listening to my voice right now, and you've listened to more than one episode, you are a member of the tribe. If you're listening to my voice right now, and you are a part of our Facebook group. You are a member of the tribe. If you're listening to my voice right now, and you get my weekly emails, which are packed with bonuses and discounts and inspiration and all that good stuff, you are a member of the tribe. Now, as a member of the tribe, I've created a central hub, again, my resources page over at beforethemillions.com forward slash resources, a central hub where I've collected all of the good stuff, all of the tools that you guys need as real estate investors, all of the systems, all of the softwares. And mind you, I didn't just throw a compilation of different things in there that I think would be valuable or that many guests have had as tools that they've actually created or courses and things like that. None of that stuff is in there. So out of the 100 plus guests, I've succinctly narrowed it down to the things I've personally vetted myself, meaning that I've either taken the course or I've hired the person or I used their software. So the list is actually really, really small. And that list of vetted items, vetted vetted tools, vetted resources is over at beforethemillions.com forward slash resources. So our resources page is back up and all of your goodies are there because you're a member of the Before the Millions tribe, you're going to get discounts. So these sections, I'm going to continue to build out. But right now, some of the tools that we have are in the mindset and self-development arena. Some of the tools that we have are on the real estate niches and strategies arena, such as Andre Hatchett's notary business, which many of you have already purchased and taken and have already started making income from this. Again, this is anywhere from 50 to $200 per appointment. And a lot of you guys are actually already killing this. But now Andre has offered you guys an extra incentive for those of you guys on the fence. So if you go over to the resources page, I'm just going to tell you guys now there's a 30% discount if you go through my link. So that's a major value. And this discount is on the entire course. So things like that are in the real estate niches and strategy section. And then last but not least, we have a marketing section, a marketing section for your business. So things like email marketing, things like podcasting, website hosting, a seller lead generation. There's a host of tools on this page that are going to bode well for you as you continue along your journey. So the resources page is now up. Again, it's over at beforethemillions.com forward slash resources. And uh, guys, I really hope you enjoy the goodies. Let me know what you think. And I will continue to build out and expand the resources page as I continue to implement uh, new products and tell you what's working and what's not working. Again, as a loyal listener, as a member of the tribe, it is my duty to make sure that I'm only recommending the things that I personally believe will add a ton of value to you. So with that being said, let's get to the show. And now your feature presentation. Let's welcome Mr. Sam Quack to the show. Hey, Sam, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing amazing, Sam. Uh, It's Memorial Day. Can't wait to get into some barbecue later. I know that you're looking to get into some some barbecue as well, but let's kind of go back in the time machine for our listeners. Kind of take it back and figure out uh, the inception of you and your brother. Are you guys twins? No, that's actually uh, one of the biggest misconceptions that we get. Uh, People think we're twins. but Actually, I'm I'm a year and a half older. And yeah, so I'm 26 and Daniel's 24. And he's actually about to turn 25 in, I think, 
13 days, 12 days. So yeah, it's coming Gemini. up soon. Awesome. Yeah. He's a Gemini. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. 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 How'd you guys decide to go into business together? Um, actually, I went to the business. I went into business first and then Daniel soon joined later, sort of complement some of my skill set. I got into the business in 2012, right out after I got out of the military. And uh, I was going to school at the time and I felt like I needed something more practical than just sitting around taking notes. So I started a business that I enjoyed the most. I, I love music. Uh, it's one of the big reasons why you know we can get into a video studio like this is because you know, I, I have some background in that. But you know I enjoy music, so I started a DJ slash production company. We used to do different events, uh, weddings, homecoming events, you know, high school picnics, and things like that. And that's how I got into the business. And then I think many, you know, like many of you guys watching. Uh, read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, fell in love with the whole idea of this passive income through real estate. And a couple of years later, in 2014, I sold my DJ business and I started getting into real estate and, you know, bought it, of course, you know, bought into different programs, courses, seminars, workshops. I mean, you name it, I, I probably spent, you know, gazillion dollars on education just on real estate uh, before I even made my first dollar on real estate. So, um, that's really honestly how I got in. And 2012 was was the inception of when, when I got started. 2013 is when Daniel started getting involved in, in some of the things that I, I've been doing. And 2014 marks the day or the year that we started real estate. And we really haven't seen success in real estate until like late 2016, early 2017. And then one, one thing that you, you'll know, once you hit success, it's sort of like a, a roller coaster from there. Because like, it's, it's not, a lot of people think success is a linear path. It, it's actually not. It's more of, of this. You know, you, you'll flat out for, for a really long time and also you just take off. So for us, that's, that's what's happening for us now is just, we're just taking off and then, you know, we're growing and growing and growing. Let's take it back to 2012 and uh-huh. you, you invested in, in yourself, right? You, you took a whole oh, bunch yeah. of courses and seminars and so, so you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I'm, I'm thinking that you were, because Rich Dad, Poor Dad is not a guide, right? It doesn't tell you exactly what to do. No. It just gives you the idea. So you read Rich Dad, Poor yeah. Dad, and then you're like, okay, well, now I have to go figure out what exactly Sam wants to do. As you started scouring the land, as you started looking at different things, what caught your eye and why? Yeah. So, I mean, we've taken all sorts of different courses, education, information, uh, all sorts of things. You know, I'll devolve into you know what I realized later, but you know we probably spent over fifty grand easily uh, collectively. So we bought different programs and things like that. You know, it's real estate is one of those industry where uh, if you know enough, you can be dangerous type of thing. So it's kind of like walking into a a surgery and and you know you feel like hey, I, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos on performing surgery. I, I you know I'm totally qualified, right? It doesn't work that way. If you want to take this business seriously as you are, then I would have to say, you got to put your money where your mouth is. So one of the big things I told myself is, hey, if, if the surgeons who make 400, $400 to $500,000 a year minimum, if they spent you know, a ton of money in educating themselves to become a medical surgeon, then I could at least spend a good chunk of my cash to also devote the same amount of energy and time to learning this craft called real estate investing. So that's the biggest thing that I see um, you know, when I want to take a look around, I'm not telling you, I'm not telling people to spend 50 grand or 40 grand or whatever, but at least take it seriously at whatever position you're in. Um, if you're in a position where you can't spend 50 grand or 30 grand or let alone even 10 grand in, in education or learning how to do things, then and trade, trade some time, right? Get it, you know, leverage something that whatever you have, it's, it's all about being resourceful and, and figuring out what you have and using that to, to your advantage 
to learn as much as possible. So, you know, for me, I, I was able to sell my DJ business. So I did have some cash just, you know, to invest. So luckily that's what I did. Out of all the things, you know, just information and a ton of things that I've overcome. I think the biggest, the biggest bang for buck that I got was the relationships that I've, I've been able to build through those types of investment. Um, I realized that I didn't go to the seminars for the information. I went to the seminars for the relationship. And uh, one particular relationship that I, that I got to build was an individual, uh, an older gentleman that had over 200 rental units in my area. And I tell the story over and over and over if you go watch our other YouTube videos. And we were able to work for this guy. Long story short, we were able to work for this guy for free. In exchange, we got to learn his knowledge. We got to shadow him. We got to take notes what he was doing. And, you know, it was essentially a monkey see, monkey do. Uh, you know, we got to model after what this guy did. And we became successful that way. So, you know, that's how we got into real estate investing. And I think today, the secret formula to learn anything or to master real estate, uh, there's three things. It's information plus engagement, plus immersion equals higher chance for success. A lot of people are just trying to you know, stick with information like, oh, I'm going, to go, I'm going to go to YouTube. I'm going to go to these free forums that they offer. I'm going to just Google my, my way into getting my, into my first deal. Well, that's only one piece of the pie. You need two more pies, piece of the pie, which is the engagement and the immersion part. Engagement comes with relationships. Immersion comes with, with diving into experiences where you see someone else making a deal and creating a deal. You can only grow into an environment. You can't create your environment. It's, it's something that's really hard to do. I don't, you can't really fight nature, meaning a tree planted in a dirt somewhere, the tree can't dictate what the environment looks like. The only, the only thing that influences the tree, it's the other way around, right? The, the environment influences the tree. So you need to be able to go and plant your roots in an environment where you can go and learn roots to investing, and that is through, obviously, engagement, relationship, and so on. I love that. I love that. And there's, there's so much to kind of pick apart there. Cause I think about the average person, right? Think about the average person who's like, man, you know, Sam, I want to get into real estate. Do I want to get into real yeah. estate? And I've been, I've been on YouTube and I've been doing this and I've yep. been doing that. And I often see, you know, most of these people never get started. Most of these people fail. Yep. Most of these people don't have what it takes. Most of these people don't, they don't stick it through long enough. And there's so many reasons why it doesn't yeah. last or it doesn't happen. And then you talk about the fact that you yourself, you made a, a major investment in yourself, right? I mean, you sold your DJ company and you're like, okay, well, I have this investment. Let me ask you, did you have debt at the time? Was oh, yeah. there a, You had debt Absolutely. at the time. Okay. So Absolutely. perfect. I think that's a great segue to, to kind of yeah. think about some of your options at the time and why you chose to invest in yourself rather than pay down debt. Because I know a ton of people, like I get these questions every single day. DeRay, I have $10,000. What should I do? Should I pay down my, pay off my student loans or should yeah. I start investing in real estate? What type of decisions were you thinking about making? What'd you end up doing? And what advice based off of those decisions can you pass on to the listeners today? Yeah. So I know there's a lot there. So I'm going to unpack one, one thing at a time. So I also have a, a philosophy on debt as well, as much as you know everyone does now. But you know, a lot of people may have seen my YouTube video, how to pay off your mortgage in five to seven years so that, you know, they're equally motivated to pay off your debt. So let's go to this. Um, to address your question head on, and I'll, I'll sort of walk backwards from, from the final answer. My, my final answer is it depends on the timing of the market. And the reason why I say this is because right now we're in, we're in, a, uh, in a market where it's red hot right now everywhere, nearly everywhere, I, I should say. You know, if you look at any, almost every market, almost every market is experiencing major, major appreciation now. I have to say this appreciation that we're, we're experiencing right now, 2019, May, May 30th, right now, right? Well, no, it's May 28th. May 28th, yep. 
May 27, May 28th. What we're experiencing right now is what I, what I like to call phantom appreciation. This is appreciation mm. perpetuated by you know, a lot of easy financing. So right now, FHA, almost everybody can get FHA loans as long as you don't have you know, negative 500 as a credit score. So getting into financing has been a lot easier. That's for sure. And if you remember last year, I think a year or two ago, you know, Donald Trump sort of pulled back some of the, the things that were holding back the banks. So a lot of the Dodd-Frank Act was, was weakened, and which gave the banks a little bit more leeway as far as financing. So financing became more easier for a lot of people out there looking to buy a home. And that what that does is it creates demand because obviously accessing money is easier. So Getting money is easier now, so that, that would mean a lot of people are looking to buy, if you know anything about supply and demand, the more demand that you have as far as a particular asset, the asset's gonna experience an increase of price. So what we're looking at right now is all these people that are like, oh my gosh, we need to buy a home, we're experiencing success, people are, you know, unemployment's low, so people are like, okay, maybe now I should, I should buy a home. And what we're seeing right now is it, it's, it's a fuel, it's a, it's a injection of demand in the market and we're seeing this appreciation go up but I'm what what Daniel and I believe is this is not real sustainable appreciation this appreciation will fall apart in the next year or two due to various uh, various factors such as the treasury note resetting you know we believe there's an FHA bubble student loans which you know we've seen in 2007 2008 whenever the government backs any sort of loan or any sort of entity it always backfires so the reason why my answer today, and it can change tomorrow, it can change a year from now, my answer today is to pay off your debt as much as possible. And the reason being is that a lot of people right now are way too over leveraged, including a lot of different companies. If you look at, I mean, if you are if you invest in stock market at all, if you look at all the charts and you look at all the data and number, most companies are way too over leveraged. And I think, you know, name a company, Tesla is, is, is on its way, um, <laughs> fearfully. So... A lot of individual consumers right now, we have way too much debt. And when this bubble, when this recession pops, a lot of the phantom appreciation is going to be lost. And what's scary right now is people are either refinancing because their value went up or they're buying a new home at three and a half percent down. And my question to the audience is if you did, you know, if you are thinking of buying a house, if you have bought a house recently using FHA, what would happen if all of a sudden the market decides to dip? Let's say conservatively speaking, 20%. Dips 20% and you only put put three three and a half percent down. Well, essentially you're upside down now. You know, you're you owe more than what your home is worth. That's a classic example of being upside down. And a lot of times these banks, depending on what loan product you have, banks will tell you, hey, listen, Mr. and Mrs. Borrower, uh, your home is worth $150,000, but you owe us $175 you need to come in and meet the LTV requirement. LTV stands for loan to value. We need you to pay $60,000 to come to make sure that you're current on your mortgage note. And most people obviously can't fork over the $60,000 and that's how people get foreclosed. So what I believe is the next thing that's, it's a scary thought, but my answer basically, long story short, is pay off your debt as much as you can. And because it's kind of like the story, in, if you're a fan of the Bible, it's kind of like the story in you know, the Old Testament with Joseph, right? Uh, if you've seen Prince of Egypt, you know, <laughs> it, we're going to see a famine. We're going to have a seven years of, and not literally, but metaphorically speaking, uh, we're going to have seven years of this, you know, bull market, this amazing market that we're experiencing right now. And unemployment super low. We've got a huge influx of cash, you know, wages are going up. All these great things are happening in this country and into the global economy. 
But I, I do have a feeling that in the near future, our estimates be anywhere between a year and two from now, we, we are going to experience a major recession, even possibly worse than what we've seen in 2008 and 2007, mainly because there's a lot of factors there playing more than real estate. And I don't think it's, it's not necessarily going to be about, just about real estate this time. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot. Uh, there's going to be a different playing field that's going to domino effect into each other. So my answer today is pay off, your, pay off your debt as much as possible. My answer will change in five years. Let's say the recession does happen. Okay, and then we're in five years, we're at our, our lowest dip. Then yes, take whatever access cash and buy as much real estate asset, asset as possible because you, you're getting the discounts, right? If property value fell 30% or 40%, that's the best time to buy, baby. So you better grab as much as you can and uh, hold on to it and cash flow from it and be, become very wealthy from your, your discount purchases. Man, Sam, I have I have a million and one questions, and hopefully I can sure. get to them all. But um, yeah, yeah you yeah. gave you gave us a ton to kind of digest, and I'm just oh, one of the questions that's probably not in the direction that we want to go in, but I know that it's something that the listeners may have a question about. You talk about FHA loans, and I just wanted to kind of ask when you think about the fact that these homes can be uh, uh, can be I guess revalued, right? If the market turns, if the market dips by twenty percent. Does the bank have the authority and will they and have they in the past went back to the homeowners who already have their loan in place and renegotiated that loan to where they are meeting the minimum LTV? It has been so in 2008. So in 2008 and 2007, banks were at least trying. They, they weren't, I mean, they weren't, you know, going off, off the wayside and saying, screw everybody, everybody was going to have to pay. Uh, they, the banks were trying. You know, there, there were banks that were, were willing to negotiate the uh, the payment, uh, you know, someone, most banks were offering refinancing, banks were offering at least a break. And I don't know about this one, man. I, I think there's going to be a lot of different factors. It's hard to say because banks are always unpredictable when it comes to responses. And, you know, that's just my opinion. Some of you guys may say I'm totally wrong, which I'm willing to, to take that. But uh, it's hard to say. And um, the last time, We've seen uh, the banks, well, of course, uh, well, well, I'm not going to get any, into politics, but uh, the banks were, did get help from the government. The government did bail out the banks. And it's funny because the, you know, the government was back in the banks. You know, they were insuring a lot of these Fannie Mae and uh, subprime mortgages. And again, FHA, same thing. It's government backed. It's government insured. So I, I think we're going to see that again if, if anything happens to FHA. But it's sad uh, uh, that yeah. this, you know, we have to come to this. and. Like I said earlier, anything bank, anything government backed always ends up backfiring, uh, mm -hmm. and at the, at the cost of the public. So, and that was yeah. a big thing back in the back in the crisis. I remember. Yeah. I was reading something on Warren Buffett and he was giving advice to the government, but that was, a, yep. that was huge back then because it's like, you cannot allow the banks to fail as the U S as the government, like the banks cannot fail. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's not possible. The whole U S economy would fail. Right? right. But at the same time for the banks not to fail, the people are the ones who are going to have to bail out the bank. And right. it's just like, well, you know, how are we letting these people escape time and time again? So it's a whole debacle. So you say that, Right now, it may be prime time to pay off debt. And yes. I want to ask, does this depend on how much debt a particular individual has? Is there, because even like, so let's just, let's kind of get into the nuances because I think, as you know, that real estate has, you know, a ton of cycles in different sub-markets, right? So every single market, you know, is not going to be doing terrible at the same time. Every single market right. is not going to be doing hot at the same time, right? So there are pockets, there are markets, and then there are different people at different debt levels. When it comes to like an individual, let's just say somebody who's 
in an appreciating market and yep. they just have $10,000 worth of debt as opposed to somebody who's studying to become a doctor and they have a hundred or $150,000 worth of debt. Are their situations different? Are you giving them different opinions or would you still say pay down your debt and then start investing? Yeah. I mean, if you look at debt, not all debt is created equal and it's my philosophy at the end of the day. So if your debt is attached to any sort of collateral, like auto loan, real estate, those, I, I believe, are directly tied to the quality of your life. I mean, if you lose your home today, I mean, how much of that is going to impact your life, right? That's a lot. Um, you're going to be homeless, which you don't want to be. So a lot of those debt, I believe, it, that are directly secured to you, an asset, uh, you should be careful with those. Same thing with, I mean, I mean generally any debt, I, you got to be careful. But if you're looking at different situations, of course, my, my opinion and, and my suggestion today, it's got caveats and exceptions. You know, of course, you might be a rare individual where you live in, you know, you have no debt, you got all the cash in the world. But you have to ask yourself this question, you know, smart companies like uh, Berkshire Hathaway, you know, they're doing a lot to, A, pay off their debt and, and they're trying to stay as liquid as possible. I believe Warren Buffett and his company, they're, they're holding up, I think last time I read it was $60 billion of cash. And there's a reason for that. And they're selling a lot of their different position. And I know they, a couple years ago, they sold their position of, in Walmart, which says, says a lot, they're preparing for cra the crash as just as, as many smart investors are. So I think right now, is if you're whether a business or, or an individual, it's the best time to stay lean as possible. And when I say lean, uh, get out of debt and, as, and have as much cash liquid as possible. If you, look, if, you've read, if you ever read the book called uh, Built to Last by Jim Collins, I think it's a phenomenal book that everyone ought to read. Uh, Jim Collins talks about this all the time. The companies that survive the longest, they prepare for the worst. You take a look at all these different companies. You know, there's a reason why Kodak was on the verge of failure and is, is at the verge of failure is because they, they, didn't, they weren't prepared for some of these worst things to happen. They, they weren't prepared for the crashes. They weren't prepared for the recessions. You, you got to look at all the companies that went down in 2007, 2008. They, just, they, they had a lot of debt. They, were, they just weren't prepared for it. They, had, you know, they didn't have the cash reserve to be... To, to meet the recession face on, right? Yeah. You know, they just thought it was, they were too big to fail. And I think that's one of the big reasons why, you know, we're going to see a lot of companies come down in the next recession, along with many individuals. So, I mean, I, I know this sounds like, uh, uh, I, might, I, might, I might sound like an end of the world, end of the world crier in the, in the corner of New York City. I'm just being honest here, guys. You know, we've seen this in 2008, 2007. I'm seeing the signs. I'm seeing the same pattern all over again. And it's, it'd be a huge disservice for me not to, not to cry out and say, hey, we might be seeing something here in the next year or two. And not to, not to be right. I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to be wrong. I wish the recession never happened. I would, I would wish that we continue growing and appreciating. But, you know, that's never the reality. Mar market's always in cycle. And uh, we're going to see that downturn cycle very soon. Zero to 75 units in one year. And I know that you started in 2012 and you brought Daniel on in 2013. 2014 wasn't all that good. 2015 was okay, but it was 2016 that you guys really took off. Now, was that the year you guys went from zero to 75 units? And how did you guys yeah. possibly do that? No, so we actually went uh, from zero to 75 units in 2017. We, start, we founded our first deal in 2016 and we didn't close until 2017. But we went from zero to 75 units, meaning- we Wait, so real quick, real quick. I want to highlight something really quick because a yeah. lot of people give up way before that. Oh, yeah. You said Absolutely. it started in 2012. You still had zero units in 2017, Sam? Yes. So, no, we actually started real estate investing in 2014. I started my DJ business in 2012. Okay. So, we started our real estate investing in 2014. So, the three years, we were in a dry period, not, not with any results. 
And wow. talk, um, talk about talk about that for a minute. Talk oh about man, that, that might have to be another episode of podcast. <laughs> yeah, have to be back for that one. That, um, that, that, that that's something that I'm just like you guys stuck it out for three years. Yeah, After so three years, you're at 75. I, I might actually leave that in a cliffhanger and just say uh, <laughs> to be continued. Yeah, but you know what? You can come. You can come check out our YouTube channel. We, I mean, we share our, our all of our origins origin story all the time because I think a lot of people don't meet meet their success mainly because you know they just, they, they just don't have the patience for it. And my my one of the philosophy that I've I picked up on is your patience has to be worth a million dollars. Like someone someone if they notice how patient you are, if they can and, and they see how patient you are and they want to pay you a million dollars for your patience. That's when you know you you deserve to be you know to be paid a million dollars. So everything that who you who you are has to be worth a million dollars. Your patience, your skill set, uh, who you are, your personality, who you are being, your relationship skills, your negotiation, all that in collective has to be worth a million dollars for you to earn million dollars. It's not necessarily about what you do and your actions, but it's the action from from where you stand from. Okay, so it's it's because who you are that takes the action, creates the result. So I, I hope I expressed that in, in a way that you guys understood yeah. it. But you have to be be worth million dollars here first to earn million dollars in your bank account. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So yeah. so Sam, give us the quickest Spark Notes version you've ever given on the zero to seventy five. Quickest Spark Notes. <laughs> oh man, I... were you pursuing the same strategy those three years that got you zero to zero to seventy five in that fourth year? No, so we, we actually had to pivot many times over and over and over. Uh, we tried doing wholesaling. We tried doing fix and flips. Obviously, those weren't the, the way that we got in. The way that we got in was through owner financing and raising capital. So that's what we're really good at today is just raising capital and negotiating for owner financing. And the beautiful thing about owner financing and raising capital is if you truly master those two things, you can buy properties over and over and over again with uh, pretty much any limitation without any shortage of funds. So that's what we're doing today. And we're, Daniel and I are working on a 200 unit takeover right now in Virginia. Awesome. I'm not going to mention the city because obviously we're still working on it, but uh, we're working on taking over 200 unit, uh, 200, yeah, 200 uh, single family. And we're going to be doing that through a private fund. And it should be interesting to see how that unfolds. I love that. Okay. Yeah. One more nugget before we get to the last and final round. I want to, yep. I want to circle back to debt and make sure that we yep. leave some of the listeners uh, with some nuggets. Some of the listeners who who may be like, like I want to figure out how to how to start. What's the most effective way of paying down my debt? And I just recently just yeah. went to you guys' sale page, and I think you guys have a you know you guys cover uh, debt acceleration and things like that. So yep. if you would just give a brief high overview of, as to how somebody could pay off their debt, or what's the fastest way, or what are the, yeah. some of the tricks or formula to pay off your debt, what what would you say to that individual? Yeah. So if you have debt, especially real estate debt, um, that's something that I specialize in is helping you pay off your mortgage or a home loan or any sort of equity loan. And to give you more of like a 30 second uh, overview of this strategy, we, we call this the debt-free acceleration strategy. Uh, there's a different name for it, you know, velocity banking, mortgage acceleration. There's a different name. We like to call it debt-free acceleration. It's a concept where you take a line of credit, uh, preferably a home equity line of credit or an all-in-one loan and pay off your mortgage, taking advantage of the revolving feature of the line of credit, but at the same time, taking advantage of the average daily balance calculation of the line of credit. And a lot of people tell me, well, Sam, why are you paying off a mortgage with a line of credit that's got a higher interest rate? Well, it has to do with the rate of how fast you pay off your, 
your average daily balance. And typically, anyone using our strategy can pay off their mortgage, a 30-year mortgage, anywhere between five to seven years on average. Um, and that's without having to pay or that's without having to make more money or cutting back your living, living expenses. So, so I want to kind of wrap the segment up with what your ultimate lifestyle design is. I mean, you said that you guys are in your 20s. I'm in my 20s and mm -hmm. not a lot of people are doing what we're doing. So what's the goal for you guys? Are you guys looking, are you guys more so looking to be like a Gary Vee and working till the wheels fall off and providing sure. so much value? Or are you guys looking for some type of balance with lifestyle design and travel? Yeah. And things? So one of the biggest thing is, uh, it comes back to why we do the things that we do. And I don't, you know, I, I think, and I can't speak for everybody that's on the internet, but one way that we're distinguishing ourselves is we're not doing for fame. And it's, it's so easy to pick up, you know, people who are famous, you know, they're obviously doing for fame or they're doing for money or they're doing for their own sort of, you know, their own glory, I should say, if, if I, you know, if I have to choose the right word. Honestly, for us, it comes back to our faith and our, our religious background. So we're, you know, Daniel and I are Christians and we do it for, you know, our, our faith and we do it ultimately to advance what you know we like to call Christ's kingdom, and it's one of the biggest re biggest reasons why Daniel and I don't need motivation is because motivation is temporary. It's kind of like being on sugar high. Daniel, Daniel and I are on purpose, and there's a bit, there's a difference between purpose and motivation. Motivation can only take you so far. It's that short spurt, you know, it gets you, you know, a short spark. But motivation is kind of like burning. Uh, your it's like a, it's like a campfire on coal. It burns for a very long time. And our purpose here on Earth, we believe, is to help uh, as many people as possible realize that, you know, God loves them and that to introduce them to uh, who we know as, as, as Christ. So that's our purpose. Uh, and, and the reason why we do real estate investing, that the reason why we have a course, the reason why we have a YouTube channel is ultimately to, to create a platform to share that message with, with as many people as possible and give us the opportunity to be a vessel, to love, love on people, to share that love with people and to bless other individuals and really help them understand that the, the reason why we do it is because God first loved us and we're just showing that and reflecting that love uh, as, many, as to many people as possible. I love it. I love it. So what's the, yeah. what's the vision for you guys? What's yeah. the, when, you know, when it's all said, and maybe not when it's all said, sure. again, but in five years, where do you see the Quack Brothers Incorporated? Like, where sure. do you see your company? I mean, not, I, I wouldn't say it's the money. I mean, I can say, sure, we want to be a billion dollar company, but I don't, I don't think it's really the money. I think the money is going to come regardless. Um, we're not worried about that. I think it's, it's really comes down to the vision of how many people can we touch and impact, especially in, in some of these third world countries. And my vision, my personal vision is our goal and vision, and this is what we're praying for every day, is for uh, God to open up North Korea. And I, I'm South Korean, so I can see the, the passion there. But my vision is North, for North Korea to be open for public, you know, open business, open border, open trade, and uh, ultimately the, the regime of, of North Korea to fall and wow. allow for, you know, free freedom and free speech and free uh, freedom of religious practices. And if that ever happens, I believe it's going to happen in our lifetime. Um, we're just paying for it. If that does, once that happens, I, I got to keep switching the word. Uh, once that happens, uh, my vision is for, for the Quad Brothers to enter North Korea and to help the Korean people there really understand how to start their own business, how to become an entrepreneur. Because when you go from a super uber socialist country to becoming a, a semi, you know, capitalist freedom country, I can see how people are going to have a hard time adjusting to that. So, you know, my vision is to enter that country, help as many people as possible to come in grip and to start competing in the global markets and helping people through that way. Uh, that's, that's my vision uh, in the long term.
I love that. I love yeah. that. And I often notice that the most successful individuals are individuals who have a greater emphasis, a greater focus on helping the greater good. And that is that's a beautiful vision to have. Lifestyle design acceleration hacks. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? I'm definitely going to have to go with, you know, outside the Bible, of course. You know, I love the Bible. But for the, I'm going to have to go with uh, Think and Grow Rich for sure. Awesome. Awesome. That is a a great recommendation. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. Mm -hmm. You know, I definitely use uh, the Google Task app a lot. It, you know, connects with my Google Calendar, so everything's in sync. Uh, So yeah, Google Task app is definitely something that keeps me in check. I love that. I actually may actually check that out. It's simple, but it sounds like it may be effective just because I know that it syncs with everything else Google. So that's awesome. Uh, What do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? Definitely flexibility and time. You know, I get to to schedule my time. Of course, there comes a responsibility in that. But I I love the fact that I can schedule my time on my own. And that's the blessing of being an entrepreneur and being a real estate investor. But at the same time, it can be a curse. But yeah, that's, that's, that's something that I enjoy is the freedom of time and just having that control over what I do uh, every day. That's awesome. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? I mean, the sacrifice I had to make was, I don't see that as a sacrifice anymore, but uh, back when I was making that sacrifice, it, it's some of the relationships that ended up being very toxic to, toxic to my life. People were, you know, just drinking and partying and that's all they did. And uh, another thing I had to sacrifice and I don't see the point of this anymore, but, you know, people going to bars and clubs. I used to do that a lot, way, way long, you know, during college. But I've seen it happen. And at the time, I was growing my business and I felt like I was missing out. But looking back is I never did. I feel like people that are going partying and, and bar, they're missing out the freedom and, and the lifestyle that they could have being an entrepreneur. So I don't really see that as missing out anymore. At the time, I did. But now I'm like, you know, while people are busting their butt and, and working, you know, eight, ten hours a day, because they partied, you know, now I get to enjoy the freedom that they, they never, they can, they don't have. Um, so that's, that's something that I enjoy a lot. Who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? Yeah. You know, if I mention a name, people won't know, but you know, of course, I, I think at the end of the day, outside of my parents and outside of God, man, it's hard to point one person because there's, there's so many people that have invested in us and planted the seed for us to grow. And I, and I won't name, name names because this person is, is retired. But you know, it was, it was one of our main mentors that really helped helped us as far as understanding how to grow real estate investing business and having that confidence to go out there and make offers. That's one person I can pick, and I'm, I'm truly grateful for. But there, I mean, I can name easily, easily hundreds of people that uh, invested in us and and worked with us as, as as a source of influence. I love that. Yeah. Why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention of getting to the millions? It comes with fear. Listen to the wrong people and listen to the wrong voice. And I, I think I got in more trouble listening to the right voices, but, but listen to the wrong voices, fear of failure, fear of, of self, really, uh, at the end of the day. And, you know, we get into this pattern. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I, what if I do this wrong? What if I do that wrong? And I think people have to sort of re, reshape that and think that the, the many failures they're going to have is a pathway to success. You know, I like, I always like to say fail forward and, you know, don't fail backward. Failing backward means you fail and you quit. Failing forward is understanding that, okay, I failed and okay, let's try a different way. You know, Thomas Edison said, the, said it the best, you know, I found 5,000 ways not to make light pole, uh, which is, which is amazing. So 
fail forward. Don't don't fear you know the failure. I think failure is is inevitable for any growth. You just have to understand it's just part of learning. And I think another part is people actually have fear of their own success. Like people are afraid. Like okay, okay, what if people you know what if the seller takes my offer, or what if this deal actually goes through? I think that's what people are, are afraid of the most is you know fear of their own success. And um, it's kind of interesting. You know, people are too comfortable with their own situation right now, and they're like, oh, I don't want to change anything. You know, but I think people have to to understand it, that they have to have that growth mindset. They have to be uncomfortable with. You know, just just enough uncomfortable uncomfort for for their situation right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love that, Sam. This has been an amazing podcast interview. I've learned so much. So I know the listeners have gleaned so much knowledge from you. If they if the listeners want to learn a little bit more about you, kind of do you know reach out to you. Where can they where can they find you? Where where can they see yeah. some Yeah. So our YouTube channel is going to be the main place to go.、Uh, we we spend a lot of our energy on our YouTube channel. You know, search the Quack Brothers. T H E K W A K B R O T H E R S. Uh, the Quack Brothers. We have over 200 videos that are absolutely free for for your content and free view.、Uh, so go definitely check it out. Awesome, awesome, awesome.、Yeah. Well, Sam, this has been amazing, and、um, it's one of those things where I love when I see people in our industry give back and have. Have these platforms and add value again. A lot of investors out there, they're just doing these things on their own. They're not really talking about it. They're getting rich and they're and they're even flaunting like, "Hey, look at me!" And yeah, they're yeah. a lot of people are teaching, who are giving back. So I appreciate the work、no. that you guys are doing, and、um, we'll talk to you real soon.